Before we get started, I want to just leave a quick little trigger warning up top that this episode um, discusses body image, disordered eating, um, unhealthy patterns of exercise, uh, and poor relationship with your body. So if you're not really up for that topic this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening, maybe just go ahead, skip out on this week, and scroll back to an older episode. All right? With that being said, though, as you listen to this episode and hear my story, I encourage you to ask yourself this question and just reflect back on it because this is truly the purpose. How would you show up in the world if you weren't at war with your body? How could you show up in the world if you weren't obsessing over your body or the food that you're putting into it or the exercise that you must put it through? How would you show up in the world if you were more confident? How would you show up in the world if you weren't constantly cutting yourself down and telling yourself these negative stories? All right. All right. Enjoy. Welcome to the Build with Braybeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Braybeck. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Build with Brayback podcast. It's Amanda. Super glad that you're here. I also really just had to fight the urge to open up the podcast with hello, Upper East Siders, or whatever it is that they say on Gossip Girl because I've been rewatching that. So Kristen Bell's voice is just like in my head. Uh, maybe I'll sign off. XOXO, Mandy. You know, you love me. Um, you just got me today. A little solo episode for the month. Um, and I'm going to take it way back and talk about my own body image journey. I've shared a blog post on this um, like really early on when I first started my blog last year. Um, but I've never really shared a ton about it on the podcast. So I figured why not now? Um, it's been almost an entire year of the podcast. So if you've been there from the start, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, if you're just hopping on still, thank you. Um, but I'm just, I'm excited to get to know my listeners better for you all to get to know me better and just to have a better understanding of where I'm coming from you know, in creating this for you all, um, why I'm doing it. Hopefully some of you will relate to me and feel comfort in the fact that some, you know, negative things that may have happened or negative thoughts that you may have had, um, that you're not alone in them. So 
you know, I'm not even going to do highs and lows, recommendations, all the things. I think I just want to dive right in. Um, so that being said, I really don't want this to come across as like a woe is me kind of thing. I don't want anyone to feel bad for me. I don't want anyone to think it's a cry for help. I just want to give background and I want to hopefully connect with some people um, that might have before felt alone in their body image um, things. And I think it's in a lot of reflection that there comes a lot of healing and moving forward. So it's good to scale it back and return back to some of the feelings that might not be so comfy. Um, also being said, or like very worth noting that I am very aware of my thin privilege. I have genes that have given me a body that society accepts a lot more easily than others. So I can 100% recognize that I am not <laughs> the face of body positivity. And, you know, especially for that reason, it could really seem like a, oh, woe is me story. But at the same time, I hope that no one takes it that way. Um, because I know that my experiences are my own. Um, and like my feelings are valid, but my experience isn't the same as someone who's been like discriminated against for their size and probably had, I don't know, more of like a struggle with that kind of stuff. Um, so I just figured that is also worth noting. So where, where do we start? Let's take it back. Um, I'm also kind of racing against the clock because I'm just realizing that I left my computer charger at the studio last, uh, yesterday. So I'm at 15% battery and we're going to try to bang this out before it dies. Let's party. Anyways, I think I was around 12 years old. Honestly, even younger than that, that I do have a vivid memory. And I feel like I don't have great memories of my childhood. Like my memories are good of my childhood, but I feel like I don't have vivid, vivid memories of a lot of things. So, but I do have this like distinct memory of telling my mom, I need to go on a diet. My thighs are too big or something along that line, uh, along those lines. I'm really killing all the sayings today um, along those lines. And I must have been like under 10. Um, cause it's like a vague enough memory that it must've been like younger than that. Um, but I like instantly remember my mom, you know, putting those thoughts to rest, um, and comforting me in it and uh, reassuring me that I of course did not. Um, and then I definitely remember just comments starting to come in when, I was probably in middle school. Um, I was always a really petite, tiny person. And, but those weren't the things that people said. People 
always would say, and I'm sure it wasn't always, but like those comments are absorbed, especially in an adolescence, like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old's mind, um, pre-adolescent, uh, um, just, oh, you're so skinny. Oh, look at your flat stomach. You're so lucky. Like always placing value on my thinness above a lot of other things. Now, I feel like I'm going to have to like defend my parents this whole time because I know my mom is probably going to listen and feel sad. Mom, this is not your fault. <laughs> like they never, I don't feel like they ever made these comments, um, but just, you know, external people and you remember it. And um, a lot of my reflections back to it, I realize now without, you know, at the time, I don't think I put two and two together that, oh, because people are saying how good it is that I'm skinny, like that is my value. I just absorbed it. And obviously it played a part in my life. But at the time, you know, it's not so black and white. And then, you know, I definitely remember feeling like there was a value in being small. There was a value in being attractive. Um, I mean, especially at that age, you know, you want boys to like you, but all of that. Um, and in high school, I mean, honestly, I had like an insane metabolism and would go to like the drive through McDonald's, whatever it was, a few times a week. We would literally go like before cheerleading practice, right before they were like throwing me around in the air. So my stomach was strong back then, but also just uh, I never had to worry or, you know, anything like that about what I ate. Um, and that is also something that people commented on a lot because I definitely had like a weird relationship with food, but I also was just like a super active teenager that had an insane metabolism and could eat a shit ton. And, but people, you know, would make comments about how much I ate and all that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there was bits and pieces of, it was a control thing. And then, um, my senior year, I moved to a new high school. We moved back across the country, back to New England. Um, I grew up in Connecticut mostly. My dad was in the Navy, a uh, little back background. Um, and after a freshman year, we moved across the country to Washington, just south of Seattle, Gig Harbor, holler. Um, and then my senior year of high school, we moved to Keene, New Hampshire. And that move obviously was super tough. You know, one, you're a teenager. Your emotions are wild. Um, I had like my first real boyfriend in Washington. And although looking back, we should have broken up far before I moved um, at the time. That was devastating that we broke up because I moved across the country. So I was emotional from that. Obviously feeling emotional that I'm starting over in a new place for my senior year when everyone else around me is doing all these like senior things with their best friends and like 
I don't know anyone. Um, and I had like a way harder time making friends when I first got there in comparison to when I moved to Gig Harbor where I like instantly clicked with a group of friends. Um, and I think that's where things really started to shift for me. So I was definitely coping with a lot of emotions. Now looking back, probably maybe like a, you know, a little bit of depression that I didn't recognize as that back then. Um, but I gained weight, I think, from that. I also changed birth controls. Um, and it wasn't an insane amount of weight or anything. It doesn't matter how much weight it was, but it was enough that I felt uncomfortable. Maybe I didn't, I wasn't receiving all of those comments and compliments all the time. And, you know, again, I still was like this active teenager and so busy with cheerleading and then the dance team and everything. So it kind of went up and down. And I definitely remember that being a really telling time of when a lot of the bad habits started of constantly body checking. Every time I went to the bathroom, you lift up your shirt. What does my stomach look like? Do I have abs that are showing? Um, And that became like literally every time I walked into a bathroom or walked by a mirror that like no one else was around. Um, Little things like that. And I'm probably skipping so many things, but I just kind of want to get through this without totally boring you to death. Um, and then in college, you know, as as we all do or so many of us do, we go there. Hey, I went to UNH. It was a fun-ass time, all right? We had a lot of fun, but we partied a lot. And I drank a lot. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. And those dining halls, oh, what I wouldn't give to go back to Hoko. My heart. Be still my heart. Um, But if you've ever been to UNH, you know those dining halls are fire. You have unlimited, like with your little pass, unless you do swipes or whatever, but freshman year, unlimited. I would literally like just eat everything around me. There were so many things. Um, So yeah, obviously gained weight, same thing. That's where I found my value. Self-esteem plummets, more bad habits are formed. And, you know, I, looking back, if I want to like therapize myself, I know that's not a word, don't come at me. Like I could see how it, translated into other parts of my life, the men that I chose to date, boys rather, um, because of their maturity, not because of their age. Thank you. Um, Stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, throughout college, I did a lot of things that I thought were normal. Like I wasn't going through college thinking I had any disordered anything, Because my friends were doing it too and people I knew were doing it. And you're surrounded by the diet culture that we grew up on in the late 90s and early 2000s. So you just think this is a part of life 
this is how I'm supposed to feel in my body. I'm always supposed to be working against my body when now we know that is not the case. So during that time, you know, we would be doing things like counting how many drinks we had the night before and then staying on the elliptical until I burned that number of calories or really starting to use my fitness pal like a psycho and um, making sure that, you know, you're going to the gym after a night of drinking and buying diet pills before spring break. And I literally remember when I got my wisdom teeth appointment, it was a few weeks before spring break, that I was thrilled that I wouldn't be able to eat solid foods before spring break, which did not quite have the result that I was looking for because I just ate ice cream for every meal for a while. But regardless, that's a disordered thought of like, yes, I don't get to eat. So I'm going to be so skinny for spring break. Messed up. Um, and just lots of those kinds of behaviors. And when I left college, I was like 20, probably 20 pounds heavier um, than I was used to being. And again, the self-esteem was still not great. And luckily, it didn't translate into anything super, super severe when I look back on it. And it really easily could have. Um, And after college, I lost the weight in a more healthy way um, than, you know, diet pills and all of those kinds of things. But at the same time, I look back on it and it makes me sad because it messed up my relationship with food and my body because I was at literal war with my body. I hated it. All I wanted was to receive those compliments and those comments again because it was just instilled in me as it is to so many of us who grew up in the era that we did. Um, and you know, looking back, I was eating in a much more restricted way than I realized because it was sold to me as it's a lifestyle. You're obsessed with fitness. You love health. When in reality, I was extremely strict about everything I put in my mouth. I counted every calorie. Um, I would meal prep everything and like refuse to eat anything else. Um, AKA like gross, bland chicken and broccoli. And then you're hungry like an hour later because you barely ate anything. Um, doing a ton of like MLM advocate, uh, cleanses and like 24 day challenges and just desperately, desperately doing anything to shrink, shrink, shrink. And that's definitely when it got really bad because the one thing I was controlling was the food, but then it really 
started controlling me. How I interacted with my colleagues at work, dreading any time I had a lunch meeting, looking at the menus ahead of time, what can I possibly order? You know, I was a new grad in the city. I should have been excited to experience those things. Um, I would skip out on after work drinks with friends because not that not drinking is a bad thing. Of course it's not, but I would be too stressed about grabbing a single drink with a friend after work because I wasn't sure what the food options would be. I didn't want to quote unquote mess up my progress or cheat during the week. Um, And then the weekends would roll around and I would allow myself a cheat meal or a cheat day or whatever and go off. I would go off like binge city and food became an obsession because of this. You're good if you follow your plan, your diet. You're bad if you cheat, if you cheat too much. Um, And so all of those foods that you're eliminating, that you're labeling as bad, then become so much more desirable to you. And your body is just so confused. I didn't know when I was hungry until the point of like starvation. Um, So my hunger cues were all messed up. There were a handful of times that after, you know, a big cheat binge that got out of control, I made myself throw up. And I vividly remember looking, and I only am really able to talk about this without getting like super emotional just because I've revisited these thoughts a lot in my head throughout the last like year and a half, two years to really do some healing. Um, But I really do remember one time where I felt super out of control and I made myself throw up and just like couldn't even look myself in the eyes in the mirror. I was crying so ashamed. Like, are you going to be one of the people that does this? Like, this isn't you. How did this happen? Like, you're healthy when I was anything but. Um, but, you know, when I did lose that weight through all of those things, all the compliments came rushing back. So much more attention from people that I hadn't heard from, you know, like social media. It's a real bitch. People commenting, you're so tiny. You're so small. Look at those abs. Did you lose weight? How did you do it? What are you doing? Show me how to do it. You look so good that when you don't have a super high self-esteem, that's gold right there. It's gold. Um, and I wish that I had spent the time back then working on myself, working on my own self-worth, spending more time totally single and not chasing men that did not deserve my attention, 
Um, because I would have gotten to this place that I'm at today a lot sooner. And I know that just wasn't the journey that I was meant to go on and that's okay. Um, but it does, it makes me sad to think back to a time that I was literally in shackles at the hand of like the food around me and the people's approval around me. Um, and then, you know, I feel like for a while I got a grasp on things and, but it really wasn't until COVID when we were locked down and shut down that I really, really was able to slow down and to heal because I even remember when I first started teaching fitness and then when I quit my corporate job to do fitness full time, um, just really getting stuck in the comparison game and thinking, oh, no one will want to take my class if I don't have a six pack. No one will want me to be their personal trainer if I don't look a certain way. Oh, this trainer looks this way. This trainer exercises this much. I should be doing that too or else everyone's going to think I'm a fraud. And it was like the race to be the quote unquote fittest. Um, and I was falling apart. Like now looking back, my cortisol was through the effing roof. If I didn't, not even like two workouts a day, which no one needs unless you're literally training for like an Ironman um, or like the Olympics. I was working out two times a day, but I was going to like high intensity classes two times a day. And that felt like my standard, my normal standard. That's a normal day. It's not a normal day. That's too much every day. And it like, it was not enough if I just went to one boxing class. Like, are you kidding, Mandy? Um, yeah, I don't know. And my, I got hormonal acne like crazy. I look back on pictures and I was gaining weight and my skin looked dull and my hair wouldn't grow. And again, my hormonal acne like literally pained my face. Um, and it's because I still was at war with my body. Um, and so again, I know that was long winded and I hope, I really hope it was not too triggering for you. Um, and I know I could have gone into more detail of the thoughts and feelings and everything, but I just don't feel like it's totally necessary when the real point here is that a fitness instructor, whoever it is, someone with a bigger body, someone with a smaller body, someone that grew up here or us elsewhere. But like, especially I feel like fitness instructors, you don't necessarily expect them to have those feelings. So I hope that you feel a little less alone in any of the negative feelings that you've had about yourself. 
I hope that you feel like there is hope for you if you're still sitting in those feelings and thoughts that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and there are people that understand and that they are valid and that you can, I mean, obviously if you're having like serious um, thoughts and feelings like that, highly recommend going to get professional help because I probably would have saved myself a lot of time and energy and bad patterns if I had done that. Um, and luckily I was able to work through it. Um, but at the same time, my door is always open. My like figurative door, shoot me a DM on Instagram. If you need some support, email me, leave me a voicemail through here. Like I've been through a lot of it and I know that this like rendition of the story did not really tap into how horrible it feels when you're in it but it can feel really horrible and really lonely and i'm just getting emotional because i think back to all of the time that i wasted worrying about how others perceived my body and all of the social gatherings that I either missed out on or ruined for myself because I was just worried about eating the wrong thing or having a drink and consuming liquid calories or missing it all together because I couldn't be quote unquote bad during the week. It makes me sad that I didn't work on my self-worth and self-esteem until later and wasted a lot of time seeking approval from external sources and like mainly guys. They didn't deserve it. And I, I deserved better for myself. Um, and you do too. So some of the ways that I pulled myself out of the darkness was by taking a break. Obviously, it was forced because of COVID, but I encourage you to take a break. Step away from your routine. Maybe if it's not cold turkey, little by little, give up small things that feel like they're in your way, feel like they're taking up space that could be used better. And realizing that if you cut back on your workouts or really start listening to your body on how it wants to move, your body's not going to revolt against you. It's going to finally feel at peace. Um, and obviously everyone's different, but it's also kind of like decoupling your value from your weight and your size and your appearance, which that takes a lot of self-work and I can't really tell you exactly how to get there. Um, but some of the things that I've done that have helped um, a lot of journaling, sit in the feelings, write through the feelings, the good and the bad, write down everything you love about yourself in your journal, write down affirmations in your journal every day. 
write them on your mirror, write them on a sticky note, have them so you can see them because you can literally change the wiring of your brain. It just takes repetition until you really start to believe it. And pay attention to who you hang out with. Um, Are they constantly commenting on your appearance? Are they constantly cutting themselves down? Um, Because all of those thoughts, if you're surrounded by that, even if it's not directed at you, it rubs off and it's internalized and it's absorbed. So I definitely encourage you to set healthy boundaries with people. Tell them, I'm actually not really comfortable with you commenting on my body, good or bad. Um, And it doesn't have to be an awkward thing. Just if you set a boundary straightforward and hold strong in your convictions, most people won't question it. And they'll be the ones that feel like, oh, oops, I shouldn't have said that. Um, It's okay to do that with family, with friends. What are you consuming? Especially on social media, you can control what you consume. So maybe do a little follower detox. who are you following? Are they a lot of accounts that make you feel really shitty when you get off that app? Or do you follow people that look like you and are like, quote unquote, normal, that aren't just filtered and airbrushed and photoshopped and make you feel like the accounts should make you feel seen. You should feel connected. Um, I love the bird's papaya. I have so many good ones. I'll write them in the show notes as like a start. Um, and yeah, there are so many resources. I think in the new year, you can hold me to this. I am going to start a little body image healing program. Um, So if that's something that you'd be interested in, shoot me your thoughts, what you would want to see, all the things, because I want it to be catered to all of you. Um, But also, like, lean on your people. Let them remind you of your value and work on it. Read the books. Do the journaling. Hire a therapist. um, Because on the other side. And there's no true other side. Things will come back up, but you learn how to rewire your brain and redirect a thought or an action or something. Um, But just know that on the other side, there is freedom and there is joy, and there is experience, and that's the stuff that you're going to remember when you're old and wrinkly and aren't able to move in the way that you used to, and you're going to really, really wish that you had spent less time worrying about your body and what other people think of it. And wish that you had spent more time just living. And your body is going to feel more free. And your mental health is going to be better. Because your body holds 
emotions and it holds tension. And when you feel all those things towards your body, it really just holds it in. So when you start accepting it and respecting it and loving it, you'll feel that tension release slowly, slowly more and more. And that being said, you do not have to love your body every single day. That feels impossible and it feels scary and it feels like a lot of pressure. Scratch that. Try to start each day appreciating your body. Appreciating what it does for you. Appreciating the abilities that you have. um, And trying not to take that part for granted. And with that comes respect for your body. When you appreciate it, you respect it by nourishing it properly by taking care of it properly, whether that means recovery, whether that means some movement, maybe a little bit of both. Um, And through that respect is when you're going to find the body confidence, the body positivity, at the very least, the neutrality of this is my body. It's not good. It's not bad. There's no value to it. This is my vessel for experiencing life. And sometimes just that statement, like this is the body that I'm in today. So I can either waste my time saying crappy things about myself, being sad, counting my calories, restricting, binging, over-exercising, going down a deep rabbit hole of dark thoughts. I can rid myself of that because I deserve more and at least just respect it today. And then maybe the next day, damn, I feel good. I feel confident. Look at me. It's like a hair day. You're not going to love your hair every single day. You know, it's just deeper. Um, But okay. I don't know. I hope that that was good. I hope that you feel more connected. I hope that you don't feel like it was just like a, oh, woe is me kind of story. Cause like, I hate that. Um, but I want to be as real with you as possible. Again, I want you to feel connected. Um, yeah, I don't know. Reach out, seriously, reach out. If you feel connected to this, reach out. If you just want to talk, reach out if you're looking for resources. You're not in it alone. And I just want to stress that. You are not alone. We are in it together. And you know what? This is what I will leave you with. Get fired up about it because decoupling, weight loss, body negativity, dieting, all of it, removing yourself from that is one of the most feminist things that you can do. Because you know who is putting all of those ideas into your head? The patriarchy. Which is not shocking, right? The more that women 
focus on the negativity, the more women are consumed by how they can lose more weight, the hungrier we are, the weaker we are, the less valuable we feel, the less we're going to do to even out the motherfucking playing field, okay? So, if not for anything else, do it to smash the patriarchy. That is all. Have an absolutely fabulous, positive, joyful week. I will catch you here next week. Peace and blessings. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbraybeck.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.